Welcome to the Sales Lead Dog Podcast, hosted by CRM technology and sales process expert, Christopher Smith, talking with sales leaders that have separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Listen to find out how the best of the best achieve success with their team and CRM technology. And remember, unless you are the lead dog, the view never changes. Welcome to Sales Lead Dog. Uh, today we have a, uh, a guest that uh, I think everyone's going to really enjoy listening to. Uh, Chris Palmazano, welcome to Sales Lead Dog. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Chris. Yeah. So, Chris, tell me a little bit about yourself and your company, Rocket Dollar. Yeah. So, I'm Chris Palmasano. I live here in Austin, Texas, and I'm the founding COO and uh, Chief Revenue Officer at Rocket Dollar. Rocket Dollar is a fintech here based in Austin, and we help people take uh, old IRAs and, uh, in some cases, 401ks uh, and invest them into alternative assets, such as real estate or startups or private equity, in some cases, cryptocurrency, uh, basically anything that's allowed by the IRS. Uh, and we uh, started this business in uh, the kind of the middle of 2018, and we've been at it since then. Uh, and you know, we're having a, a great year, ending the year in a good note, uh, and looking forward to uh, 2021 as the world uh, continues to change. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I always start the podcast with this question: uh, What are the three things that have really driven your success? Yeah, uh, I, I love that question. And there's a couple uh, like that I like to talk about right away. One is that, uh, especially in sales, I've I, I recognized that it's changing. The game is changing and how you succeed in sales today is different than how you succeeded in sales even five years ago, definitely let alone 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Uh, so uh, having the uh, antenna tuned in to the right places to make sure that you're learning how it's changing or how it's changed has been uh, really, really helpful to me. Uh, and I think uh, in technology today and in business in general, uh, you need to know your stuff like an entrepreneur. Uh, and knowing my stuff has been really, really helpful, uh, whether it's learning about the product or learning about better sales processes or uh, developing a higher level of business acumen or becoming a better manager, becoming a better coach. Those things have all been, been helpful. Uh, and I've taken an entrepreneurial bent uh, to knowing my stuff. And I think that's been really helpful. And then the third one uh, is to maintain that diligence. Even as a sales leader, like there should be no task that's beneath you. Uh, and if you're going to be working in a startup or in an early stage environment or in a very entrepreneurial large company, uh, your people need to know that you can roll up your sleeves, you can pick up the phone and you can still close a deal. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I like being a sales leader that where the team knows that he can still sell. Uh, and uh, so that's been important to me. And it's something I focused on over the years. Uh, and I think that's also helped me to, to be successful, especially today. No, that's awesome. No empty shirts here. We can do it. That, that's right. Yeah, everybody should be able to sell. Well, and, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, I spent years at Google before becoming an entrepreneur, and they had done this study on uh, what makes good managers good managers. Uh, and having technical skills isn't the most important thing, but it helps. Right. Uh, and what it does is it helps build trust among the team that they, that they know, that you know what they're doing. Uh, and, you know, that can be extremely helpful. Uh, and then in sales, look, everybody can, uh, anybody can be a lead. Uh, and so I tell my people, you need to have a prospecting mindset. And so the sales leader needs to have a prospecting mindset. I want everybody to have a prospecting mindset. I want the engineers to have a prospecting mindset because then they're thinking about how is what I build going to help sales, uh, which ultimately is what, uh, what uh, you know, pays everybody. Right, right. Um, what's your best advice for someone who's getting started in a sales career? 
Yeah, they need to get some sales training from somewhere uh, and preferably somewhere good. You know, there's Miller Hyman, there's Sandler. Uh, if your company hasn't gone out and created its own uh, sales program and sales training program and onboarding program, then you should take some responsibility. Uh, you should take ownership over your own career and go get that training yourself. Right. Uh, and there are places to go. Uh, and you can even do it online now. Like the, the whole online learning is now real and relevant invaluable and accessible you can do it from anywhere so i think you have to get really really good sales training to start uh, and primarily because we're all walking around with what sales leaders call head trash there's all of these self-limiting beliefs there's all the like some people grew up never talking about money so then they find themselves in a sales role and you've got to start negotiating like this stuff is hard uh, these aren't the typical skills that are taught in college uh, it's generally not taught anywhere uh, there's about 25 schools now that are part of an academic association where they have sales programs on campus, right. uh, 25 out of like 5,000 colleges in America. Right. Uh, so uh, this isn't something that you can just generally walk on campus and learn. Um, and it's not easy to go learn even in the job because uh, most companies don't have good sales training. So I think you got to take it upon yourself, be a self-starter, own your own learning and training uh, and, and, and pay for it out of your own pocket if necessary to learn because it'll pay massive, massive dividends later on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, when you're building a sales team, which I think is uh, absolutely, I'm not sure if it's probably the most important thing about being a sales leader is, is building your team and, and really yeah. structuring it the right way. Um, what do you look for when you're filling positions uh, for your team? What's that that trigger that says, yeah, that's my my person I want? Yeah, you want somebody that's been successful at something. Um, and maybe they've never done sales before, but uh, they were a great athlete. Or maybe they've never done sales before, but they were actually a really good student. And there are people that were, that's not the typical sales profile. There are people that were really good students who are interested in sales. Uh, you've just got to find them. But you want to see that they have that innate ability or a learned ability to learn. Uh, and that they can be successful at something. Uh, and that they're still very, or that they are very hungry or still very hungry, regardless of what point they are in their career. Um, and then depending on where you are company-wise, at what stage you are with your own company, like if you're building a brand new company from scratch uh, and like, like what we're doing with Rocket Dollar, like I had to go get people that already knew financial services. Right. Sorry, because I can't go and build a boot camp for 13 weeks and teach you everything you need to know about finance. I need people that can come in the door, pick up the phone on Friday uh, and be ready to take a call. Uh, so uh, early on, I need some level of financial services experience or some expertise in that area, some domain expertise. Uh, but as the company grows and as the company scales, at that point, you might be able to build a training program where as long as I got somebody that knows how to sell something, I can bring them in and teach them how to sell whatever it is we're selling, software, financial services, whatever. Uh, I, I worked at a software company prior where one of our best vice presidents before software had only ever sold cars. Uh, and, and it's you're like, what? You went from selling cars to software? Uh, yeah, and, and killed it. But the company had a really great training program at that time. Um, in the early, early days, that kind of profile probably isn't going to work. Right. Uh, so uh, you want to match up the profile that you're looking for with what are they going to get when they come on board? Uh, and then the other thing that I think you're looking for and that I'm generally looking for is, uh, you know, what sort of structured support structure do they need? Uh, so if they need things to be perfectly well-defined, 
with uh, a clear relationship between your sales manager and sales ops, and that all the collateral has always been built for them coming clearly out of uh, a dedicated marketing team. Like that's not the profile that's going to succeed with me right now. Right. Because we don't have any of that. <laughs> we have maybe oh, yeah. we have maybe twenty five percent of it. Uh, so in in this like very early, still very early stage, pre, I would say pre Series A stage. Uh, you, I want salespeople that are actually very entrepreneurial. Uh, I, I need entrepreneurs who I can teach to sell, or that kind of just already have it right, uh, and that have some financial uh, financial acumen. So um, I think depending on where you are in the stage uh, of the company's evolution, and then the person's needs, do they match? If they match, great. If they don't, that's it's, it's probably an indicator that's going to be a problem. And then from a budget perspective, I like to hire in twos. Wherever possible, I would, I'd like to hire in twos. Bring in two people at a time. It gives you some indication of whether or not it's your process that's broken or, or the person. Uh, and if they're both not doing the right thing or they're both not working out, maybe it's not them, maybe it's me, maybe I've screwed up somewhere. Um, and so hiring in twos is a better, it gives you a better indicator of that than just hiring one person at a time. I love that. Um, you're an educator. Um, yeah. We talked about that uh, as yeah. part of our prep. Um, and I'm a I'm a huge believer in training, regardless sure. of what type of role someone's doing. If it's um, it's whatever, you have to take care of your people and really train them up. Uh, what do you think the big mistakes sales leaders make when it comes to training? Yeah, typically it's either it's not enough. Uh, or they're looking for training to be a, a be-all, end-all. Uh, and that like training where people, where most people make a mistake with training is they train somebody and then they go, okay, we're done. <laughs> Off you go. You know, right. uh, a sales rep, Tony comes in, Tony goes to two weeks of training. He comes out of training and his numbers look good for a month, maybe two months. Uh, and then it flatlines again. Right. Uh, and you're like, oh, well, but, but what happened? We've trained Tony. The, the box has been checked next to his name. Uh, and, and that's not enough. Uh, and so whatever he learns in training needs to be baked into an ongoing like coaching or, or mentoring type of program led by the sales manager or, or the revenue leader or whomever he or she is reporting to. Uh, so I think that's the mistake people make is they look at training as if it's a, a one size fits all one time uh, check the box and now we can move on uh, program instead of something that's ongoing um, and well-planned, well thought out, uh, and then facilitated by somebody who, who knows how to do this. Uh, and so sales managers need to know how to coach and need to know how to mentor and how to take somebody from point A to point B with a plan in the middle uh, so that you know whether or not the person's improving or not or getting there or um, not plateauing or not dropping off to where they were before they went to training in the first place. Yeah. Um, and so then, and then also what I mentioned at the start of this, like uh, who's coming in. So like, are we, uh, are we bringing in the right people to train in the first place? Right. Um, and so what is the selection process that's gone into hiring or um, selecting for training? Um, and so if, uh, I mean, if the raw inputs are garbage in garbage out, if the raw inputs are bad, like you, you shouldn't have too high expectations for uh, the output or the outflow on the other end. As a systems guy, I think that way, like my inflows, my process, and then my outflows. If who's coming into sales training isn't the right person to begin with, what are you going to get coming out of the other end? So some thoughts should be put into selection in terms of who are we deciding that we're going to down select to put into training in the first place. 
Right. You talked about the sales managers and that that role, which is so critical. Um, what are you looking for? What are those attributes about those individuals that you select to say, hey, it's time I want you to to become a sales manager for us and, and start that path as a sales leader? Yeah, at some point, like they need to express some interest in it themselves. This is the kind of thing that you want people to um, self-select for. Uh, and they don't have to have been the best sales rep prior. Uh, and I've seen great sales managers who've never actually been a sales rep before. In some cases, they've come in for marketing or they came up out of customer service or customer success, whatever we're calling it today, uh, because they know what it means to work with a customer. They understand the products. They understand the services. They uh, So uh, that can also be a profile that succeeds as a sales manager. But what you really want is a good leader. Uh, and, and somebody who's going to come in and uh, understand uh, what it takes to build a team, uh, because the sales manager's role is very different than the sales rep's role. Um, you might have um, you might have a, a territory where there's several reps in this territory, or calling on this particular part of the country, uh, or calling into a particular segment, and some of those reps might be in a position to blow it out this quarter, uh, and maybe you put as the sales manager most of your emphasis on those reps because they have the ability to overproduce, uh, which is gonna be better for the territory than spending all your time trying to get the underperformers even up to snuff. Uh, and so you want somebody that can think through this uh, and decide what is best for the company because it's not just what's, a, what's best for the sales reps. Although that's extremely important, um, these things have to be in concert. And if they're not, then nobody wins, uh, nobody wins. And you wanna try to create the best outcome possible for the individual sales reps, the sales manager, and then the company as a whole. Uh, so you want somebody that can really think analytically and think critically um, and then work with those individuals to put together a plan um, and work on that development plan to become a better rep. Um, and if the and, and then tying together rep performance to company performance. Uh, and too often um, you'll see salespeople or sales managers that are just uniquely focused on themselves or their territories and they're not thinking about the bigger picture. Right. It's that inability to connect to the bigger picture that, that will become a limiter for a sales manager. Like you just won't make it as a VP of sales if you can't draw the link between uh, where the company's headed and then how the individual territories or the sales managers are performing in the roll-up, right? Because right. uh, if that falls apart someplace, then the company falls apart and that doesn't do anybody any good. Oh yeah, yeah. Tell me about the most successful person you ever hired and what was it about that individual that made them so successful? Yeah. I, I, there's a couple of people that are coming to mind uh, and the theme or the motif among them is their willingness to learn. Uh, and uh, they don't feel like they know it all. Uh, they're open to feedback uh, and they can parse the feedback from what should I take and what should I take action on now? And, 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 and maybe even in some cases, what should I not take action on? Uh, and then how do I grow? Uh, and so the, the best performers are the people that uh, have self-awareness. They know what they're good at. They know what they're not good at. And then they continue to grow and they continue to move forward no matter what. Uh, they don't get distracted by the noise. Like a lot of sales reps, you know, tend to get distracted by the noise. And look, this is the most like underperforming profession in the world. Like nowhere else could we get away with being so ineffective if you think about it, because the vast majority of reps never hit quota or don't come anywhere close to hitting quota. Like what other, could you imagine if airplanes landed with the same success as sales reps close deals? Like nobody would ever get on a plane. No. Uh, so like you, you, you want somebody who's continuously learning and continuously getting better. 
Uh, and that mantra of like, I should be a little bit better today than I was yesterday. The best people that I've ever hired are that. They get a little bit better over time. And even you know, nobody's perfect. They're going to fall off the uh, they're going to fall off the wagon at some point. And we're going to pick them up and put them back on the wagon and they come back stronger. Um, and so it's the people that really want to be here that do that. Um, and if they uh, have some self-awareness, they continue to invest in themselves. They continue to get better. Those are the best people. And then on the manager side, um, it's the people that uh, focus on their people. It's the managers that focus on their people that realize the team is more important than they are as an individual. Uh, and they can bring out the best in everybody. Uh, so those are the people that grow into being the best managers and, and the best executives. Uh, the, the best VP of sales is somebody that um, somebody that was able to really draw the tie between where the company's going. Um, and now we have this whole world of the chief revenue officer, which is relatively new. Uh, and I think the, the best chief revenue officers are the ones that not just can drive revenue, but understand where it comes from. Right. It's sources, it's relationship to marketing and customer success. And wh where are the, what are the tentacles into the other parts of the business, even product? Like if you're not getting leads out of your product today into your sales process, you're going to get beat by somebody who knows how to do that. Uh, and so the, the CRO today needs to think that way. And uh, where we've had really good success bringing in executives is the people that can think that way. Yeah, let's talk about that. The uh, the. In your mind, what is that evolution from sales manager to VP of sales to a CRO? What, what do you think really drives that growth pattern? Yeah, well, so the needs of the business really in, in a lot of cases. So a sales manager, you know, you've got a team of people and you've got a number and you're jointly working towards that number. Um, now, a VP of sales is probably reporting into the CEO or into the C-suite. Um, if there's a CRO, they might be reporting into the CRO. Uh, but that VP of sales either has a territory or has the whole world uh, and is responsible for the number. Uh, and that means total ownership over that number. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like there's no, oh, I'm not getting enough leads. There's no product excuses at that point. There are no excuses anymore. Yep. What, makes a, what makes sales so interesting is that at the end of the day, you either have a number uh, and it's either the right number or it's not. Like there, there's not a lot of gray area. Um, and so uh, the, a successful VP of sales owns the number uh, and takes responsibility for it, whether they hit it or not. Um, and that means, uh, you know, you don't pass the buck. Uh, you are responsible for everything that your team or your organization does or does not do. Uh, and so if you're going to be successful at it, you start thinking about it that way. Um, and then that leads you probably to behave differently. Uh, and then I think where uh, the CRO steps in is there might be multiple sources of revenue. So the VP of sales probably owns a sales channel and maybe that's uh, direct sales or maybe that's online sales or maybe that's channel sales. Uh, the CRO needs to be thinking broadly about all of the revenue sources, working alongside the head of product, the head of marketing uh, and the CFO to say, are we optimized like across the business? Um, and are the revenues coming in from the right sources? Is this the most effective use of investor or, uh, uh, or whomever capital that's coming in the door? Mm -hmm. um, and then is marketing performing alongside sales? Like, are we aligned in the proper way? Like, I know I love the concept from HubSpot of the, the sales and marketing SLAs, um, mm -hmm. and that's great. But we should have sales and customer support or customer service, customer success SLAs. We should have sales and product SLAs. They should be working together. 
mm -hmm. uh, our sales and finance working together strategically. Uh, so th that's to me the difference between a CRO and a VP of sales. The yeah. CRO can say, uh, I, I understand how the margins of the business work. Uh, and if we add salespeople over here, here's what happens to a margin and here's what happens to quota and here's what happens to revenues and, and how the whole model comes together. Uh, whereas a VP of sales is just worried about that one particular thing that they have per purview or oversight of. Right. How do you avoid getting sucked down into the weeds as a CRO? Uh, sometimes you probably need to drop down into the weeds just for a bit to make sure you understand what's really going on right. um, and then get back out. And I think you get back out or you don't get stuck uh, when you have people that you can delegate things to that you trust. And also that you, uh, frankly, like I always like to make sure that I know where the information is. I don't got to go ping somebody for a report because I know where the report is and I know how to run the report. Uh, and so I, I don't get stuck in the weeds because uh, I, I know where to get what I need very quickly. Uh, and then some of this is also, you, you need to know yourself. You need some self-awareness. And so uh, I, I need time to think. Uh, and if I'm just in the office getting pinged all day or getting slacked all day or the phone's constantly ringing and I don't have time to think, I'm, I have a higher propensity at that point to get stuck in the weeds. So I want to back out uh, and go over my quiet places so that I can think uh, and get out of the weeds and start thinking bigger picture. And then some of that, uh, what really works well for me is to spend time with those other people. So the, 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 we have a vice president of strategy and finance um, and spending time with him helps me think, uh, have we plugged all the holes in the leaky bucket from like paying the wrong commission? Is the commission structure right? Are we paying out too much money in referrals? That kind of thing. Uh, and I can talk about that with him and we don't get bogged down in the weeds. We're thinking about uh, what's the business look like. And then participating in the product strategy sessions um, and, and being like the revenue representative there. And so are we thinking big enough about where we're headed? And so that's how you do it. I think it's some mix of behavior um, and then knowing yourself and, and, and getting yourself the time to get out of the weeds uh, and, and get your head where it should be, which is thinking, you know, big picture and then owning um, the, the operational aspects of the business. Yep, that's great. Shifting gears a little bit to talk about CRM. Do you love CRM or do you hate CRM? No, I, I, I love it. Uh, and I, I think I love it because I've, I've had every job in a sales org from like account manager now up through CRO and I'm the COO at Rocket Dollar. Uh, and I've on the company's board. And so like, I, I mean, I've seen every aspect of this and believe it or not, things like, you know, what's the forecast look like get discussed in the boardroom. Right. Uh, your, CEO, your CEO and your COO are talking about those things with potential investors. So if a sales rep on the front end where the data comes in, isn't doing the right thing or for whatever reason, isn't using the system right or, Right. You remember what it was like to, for a CRM for a long time. Nobody wanted to put anything in there. Right. Um, no, believe it or not, your leadership team actually needs the data. Like this isn't a joke. Like they actually need it to plan out the business. Um, and having come full circle and seen it from that perspective now, like it makes me like CRM even more. Uh, there needs to be some system of record for what's happening in sales. Uh, just like there's a system of record for finance. Um, there's a system of record for uh, probably your product group. Uh, like there's a code, like in a tech company, there's a code base that's running in production. System of record in my mind, right? Yep. Uh, and then you've got a ticketing system and you've got all this stuff behind it that engineers use. Well, why shouldn't sales have theirs? 
so no, I am a, a big believer in CRM. Uh, and I like, um, I like having the ability today to pull in the data from every part of the business. So marketing should be feeding into it. Uh, customer success should be feeding into it. I mean, I think the funnel's dead. We're in this days of, uh, excuse me, we're in the days of the flywheel now. Um, and marketing and customer success should be working together. This linearity is, is, is pretty much gone. Uh, so how do you facilitate that? I, I mean, you, you got to have CRM. There's no way to do it without it. Right. So right. I'm a big fan. Yeah, I, I you know, user adoption uh, throughout the organization for CRM, because we really, when we implement it, we try to implement it where it's going to have the most impact on the organization. And that usually extends beyond the sales team. Um, sure. But when we're talking about the sales team specifically, and we're driving that and really trying to make them understand why they need to use CRM and why it's so important to the organization. You touched on a lot of those points, but is there anything else that, you know, because let's face it, for a lot of sales guys, it's what's in it for me. How's this going to benefit me? Sure. Yeah. What you, what's well, your message to those people where they're thinking, hey, what's this? How's this helping me? I mean, it's, you have to, you can't remember all that. You can't remember everything like that you need to know to be successful in this job, especially today. And if you're in an organization like where there's some velocity to the sales process, like there's no possible way. You just cannot remember everything. So you're writing it down somewhere. You might as well write it down in the system. Uh, but there is data now on how good reps that track all their you know, deals and track their contacts and track their relationships in CRM outperform those that don't. Yep. Uh, unless you're in a field sales role, where you're only trying to do one deal a year, uh, you, you need a tool. Yeah. You just need a tool. And all the data suggests this. There, this has been studied. All the studies suggest you need a tool. Yep. Um, and how many sales processes are like that today or sales roles are like that today where you're going to do one deal a year or one deal every two years? Even people that sell airplanes sell more than that. So like, I, yeah. I don't know of any role left. And then, I, and I know this is frustrating for a lot of people to hear and maybe even some of your listeners. But the days of field sales are going away. The days of those huge, huge, you know, $400,000, $500,000 a year outside sales or field sales jobs are going to go away. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's because the ceiling's rising on the kind of deals you can do from the inside. Uh, so everything's moving inside. It's cost of sales is the last big area of the business to, uh, to get like chipped away at. So we can either as a sales organization and as sales professionals, we can either evolve or we can die. And there really isn't an in-between anymore. Uh, and so my suggestion is you get out ahead of the curve, <laughs> you evolve uh, and you use CRM, you learn the ins and the outs of all the tools today uh, and you give yourself uh, some career longevity. Now, is there anything related to CRM that you you wish it had today, you know, that would just make life easier as your role of CRO? I, I mean, the systems are starting to get there. These systems are as good as you architect them to be. Um, I, there, there, there's an obvious answer, which is like, if all the dashboarding and reporting just automatically ran on its own. And right. what that would really mean for the CRO is that there's a team behind it that does nothing but own all of that. And at a large organization, like at Google or Facebook yeah. or you know Microsoft, there are legions of people that are working on CRM and data analysis and analytics and forecasting and uh, territory management, all the like the sales ops and sales enablement functions. Uh, and you've got 
like people who've specialized their entire career in sales enablement, working on sales enablement. Um, so if I had a, like a dream sheet or a wish list, it would be that for smaller companies, those capabilities existed via software and that they're really easy to set up. Um, and, and, and then things are getting better. Uh, things are getting better. There, there are apps that can run in the background that take notes for you now. Uh, and they can drop the notes right into the CRM, which is, I mean, better than nothing. Uh, there are the scheduling tools, which makes scheduling a lot easier. And yep. so little by little, uh, like, I, and I look at the sales rep today is you have to be like the guy sitting in the systems control center in the movie uh, or, or like NASA control center, yep. right? And all your systems are running and you've got everything on the screen, but you're still in charge. Those tools are all there to make your life and your job easier. So, you know, adopt them and use them. And yeah, but, but if I had a dream sheet, it would be those, the, the, the tools that the big companies have to turn the knobs and the dials and the graphs and the charts and, uh, and that you could get all that out of the box yeah. with a simple CRM for, for an early stage company or, or, or startup. I'm a big believer in the value of entrepreneurship um, as the economic driver for the region and the country. Uh, which means we need more CEOs and we need more VPs and we need more product leaders and uh, people that can think big picture and operate independently. Uh, so we need better tooling for that. Yep. Um, we're coming up on our time here with sure. uh, Sales Lead Doug. Um, if people want to reach out and connect you and learn more about Rocket Dollar, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah. So the, me personally, I'm just Chris at rocketdollar.com. Uh, and they can go to rocketdollar.com and check out the site. Uh, if you got an old account someplace and you're, you're looking to do something alternative or you're a real estate investor uh, or a startup investor, come check us out. This is the ideal place for you. And then uh, I'm on LinkedIn also. Uh, and so just, you know, send me a message and say that you heard the podcast. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm happy to connect with people and I put a lot of content out. So, um, yeah, that'd, that'd be great. That'd be an awesome, uh, awesome thing. So. Chris, well, thank you so much for being on Sales Lead Dog. I've really enjoyed speaking with you and, and, and learning more about you and, and your company. So thank you. Uh, th thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. As we end this discussion on Sales Lead Dog, be sure to subscribe to catch all our episodes. On social media, follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Watch the videos on YouTube. And you can also find our episodes on our website at impellercrm.com forward slash sales lead dog. Sales Lead Dog is supported by Impeller CRM, delivering objectively better CRM for business, guaranteed.